download with DP, a weekly podcast talking about high school and college sports right here in Central Illinois. I'll discuss what I saw in the past week, what's coming up on Channel 1450, and what we're looking forward to. Episode 8 of Season 3 is here, and we've got a special guest this week, North Mac graduate Brennan White, to talk all things NIL in college athletics. But before I get to that, let me just take a minute here. Since you are listening to this podcast, I want to promote it for a second. I've been chosen as one of the five podcasts in the Illinois Times best of contest which is simply a voting contest so i would appreciate your vote when you have the time go press the download with dp podcast on the illinois times best of section and select me if you would be so inclined all right we start as always with what i saw in the past week last thursday bright reed scores twice to power glenwood to a road cs8 win over shg in soccer then i was out in williamsville where the glenwood titans earned the nickname the chatham cardiac kids with a crazy comeback win over the bullets in three sets on friday i was in decatur for the rochester versus macarthur game the rockets handled business myson johnson cook is about as impressive of a freshman as i've ever seen on the football field macarthur is going to win a lot of games this season they are a very good football team rochester on that same note is a great football team and only getting better i spent saturday on a boat on lake springfield So we head to Monday's action. I started with some soccer in Riverton, caught the first half, and the Hawks and the Cardinals finished with a tie at 1-1, and Plains would win it in penalty kicks. Finished the night in Jacksonville, where the Glenwood Titans earned a tie with Quincy Notre Dame. Leo Can from QND scores four goals. The Titans rally late to finish with a 4-4 draw. On Tuesday, I started at Lakeland for some loggers baseball against Lakeland in a bit of a scrimmage. Then I was in Chatham. First for soccer, Christian Ray scores twice, and Glenwood beats Lincoln 4-0 with another shutout. The Titans and the Rochester Rockets are the final two undefeated soccer teams in the Central State 8 Conference. To finish Tuesday, I saw Glenwood put up a battle against Lincoln on the volleyball court, but the rail splitters, they are the real deal. They have multiple options and are deadly when they get their offense rolling. Their defense is just as good too. The Young Titans force three, but Lincoln stays undefeated in conference. Them and Hugh High are the final two undefeated teams in the Central State 8 on the volleyball side. Finally, spoke with Rylan Law on Tuesday night about her commitment to St. Louis University to play soccer. Now, what's coming up on Channel 1450? Go check out the feature on the Williamsville quarterback Josh Cates. We will also have Fantasy Football Week 4 up as well as a preview of the Glenwood Cross Country team coming sometime in the next few days. On Thursday night, I will be in Pleasant Plains for volleyball against Athens as the Sagamo starts their conference slate. We will also have Glenwood at Jacksonville Soccer and Springfield at Lincoln Volleyball. On Friday, I will be at Turnpike Troubadours, the concert in St. Louis with my brothers, but we will have quite a few football highlights to show you on Friday night. Williamsville at Olympia, Jacksonville at Rochester, Glenwood at Springfield, Auburn at Athens, and Maroa at Riverton. All right, jumping to Monday. We may get some golf. It's a big golf week next week, so jump right in. We start with the undefeated Glenwood boys golf team on Monday against Springfield. On Tuesday, SHG is at Rochester for soccer. Plains is at Auburn for volleyball. And Williamsville is at Athens for volleyball. On Wednesday, we dive deep into golf. It's three of them on the same day. Sagamo boys golf tournament, Central State 8 girls golf tournament, and Central State 8 boys golf tournament all on Wednesday. Thanks for the planners who did that. Williamsville is also at Glenwood Soccer, and it's the second day of the City Volleyball Tournament. On Thursday next week, it's the Sagamo Girls Golf Tournament, the final day of the City Volleyball Tournament on Thursday at Southeast. Also next Thursday, Rochester is at QND Soccer, Taylorville is at Lincoln Volleyball, Olympia is at Plains Volleyball, Auburn is at Williamsville Volleyball, and Athens is at Porta Volleyball. All right. Let's get to some NIL talk. It's time to talk with Brennan White about his position with Illinois State and what he believes the future holds for college and high school athletes when it comes to NIL. 
We also talk about the good old days of North Mac football. Here is Brennan White. I'd like to welcome in Brennan White to the podcast this week. This is an interesting conversation because uh, I feel like we're a little bit more than just people who know each other because I covered you so long ago that I feel like, you know, we have we have a special connection that we still talk a lot um, kind of about the old times. But I want to talk about the new times, especially your new position with Illinois State. So let's start there. What exactly is your title and how did this kind of come about? And then we'll get into the kind of the older stuff in a little bit. Yeah, thank you for taking time to have me on. It's an absolute pleasure to um, still be representing North Mac and then obviously now Illinois State for Channel 1450. Um, so my the name of my direct position is the Director of Name, Image, and Likeness and then Community Engagement. Um, so I've been attending, after I graduated from Monmouth, I took a year off from school. Um, I was fortunate enough to get accepted into the graduate program here at Illinois State for Sport Management. And I, my advisor had given me a connection to the track and field team as the Director of Operations. Um, so that was kind of how I got my foot in the door, so to speak, with ISU Athletics. Um, and then I also worked at a local business in Bloomington Normal that did four NIL deals with ISU student-athletes. So I had a little bit of experience operating you know, program oversight inside college athletics, specifically at Illinois State. Um, but then a little bit of name, image, and likeness experience from the business side of things in the local community, which I think is huge in terms of how new name, image, and likeness is. Right. Um, but our previous NIL director, she's now with uh, the University of Washington. She's the director of NIL for their football team. And I saw this position came available, and I, I decided to apply. And um, I'm very, very fortunate and grateful to be sitting here now. When, uh, you know, when kids start kindergarten, they have that piece of paper where they write, you know, what their favorite food is, what they want to be when they grow up. Um, and dude, 10 years ago, this wasn't even thought of as a position. This wasn't even a thing that, you know, people were like, oh, let's pursue this, or this is an opportunity for not only kids, but for adults to be in your position. Um, how fast did this come about for you? And, and what was that like saying, you know, this is new, but I, I really want to try to, you know, be the guy to do this? Yeah, it's extremely interesting because, you know, I think five years ago, this was considered the ultimate sin yeah. in, college, in college athletics as a whole. Um, and so it was, it was very, very interesting. Um, when I started grad school here at Illinois State in 2021, that was the first year that name, image, and likeness had been signed into law. Um, and schools were, every school varied um, in terms of their approach to name, image, and likeness, but I know Illinois State was one of the quicker ones to pursue hiring somebody for that position. Um, and so being, I think, in an academic setting and then obviously having that real world experience at a local business um it because i knew whatever i wanted to do i wanted to work in athletics regardless um but getting the chance to give student athletes the, the empowerment of their name image and likeness and voice to give them that real world experience that they're going to need when you know they leave illinois state because that's something i don't think we talk about enough in college athletics is you know life after you know, football, basketball, baseball, whatever sport it may be, you know, giving these, these student athletes real tools that they can take, put on a resume and then apply to, you know, whatever profession they may want to go into. Um, and so I, I think having that experience, like I said, in the local community um, and working with college athletics, it, it was honestly a no brainer when I saw the position um, came open and I, I didn't even hesitate. For colleges to, like you said, you know, 
turn from it's a it's the ultimate sin to we have to get on top of this. How how important do you think that was to make sure that not only the university is represented well, but make sure the kids understand you know what's going on because I mean you're just talking about throwing thousands and in some cases millions of dollars at 18 year old kids and saying here take this go play it's like that's that's very dangerous yeah i think it, it, it's considered the wild wild west a little bit and it's i mean there's still very uneven grounds in terms of you know the ncaa's involvement and you know they've kind of left it up to the states and the universities to develop their own policies so i think we're all kind of learning as we go you know like i said it, it, it's going to be a learning experience for everybody involved um, regardless of how much experience you have or if you're just hired similar to my situation here um, but I, I think the most important aspect is um, communication I mean I, I think that's the most important aspect in any aspect of sport whether it's at you know the, the high school college or professional level and just making sure that you're you're on the same page with the student athletes and protecting them. Because I think with, you know, the college realignments, NIL, and just uh, all the different things that are in the works right now with college athletics, I think that's the most important aspect is just to protect the athletes and make sure that they know that we are here for them. Because ultimately, what I've said to student athletes is, to to a certain degree within compliance laws, you know, whatever you want out of name, image, and likeness, we will do our best to make it happen. Because without you, we don't have this program. We don't have this opportunity to give you the chance to profit off your, your name, image, and likeness. How much of a challenge is it for you? Because like you said, it is kind of the Wild West where um, you know people come into you with a million questions. How often do you have to make sure that you're up to date on you know everything that happens? That's got to be a challenge for you to make sure that you're you know staying in the game of you know this is this is possible now or this isn't possible now or, or making sure that you understand those rules. Yeah, the the great thing is that at Illinois State, you know, they're the uh, gal that was here before me, Maya. She did a terrific job getting the program going. Um, and then on top of, you know, our support staff with compliance, um, our student uh, excellence director, Nona Richardson, she does a tremendous job making sure that everybody um, is on the same page. Um, but like you said, you know, there's some things that you just may not be prepared for. And I, I think the number one aspect that I thought was very important was to be okay with saying, I don't know but I will surely find out and do everything in my power to make sure that we get you an answer because um, I think the most important aspect right now is to to have as many resources as possible in this space because, you know, what somebody at Michigan State or the University of Illinois is doing could work here, but it's all about collaborating with those people around you and, and just having an open mind because, I mean, if you think about this job, like there's no set way to do it in terms of other positions for the most part, in college athletics that have been established for several years. So it, it, it's very, very interesting, but um, I, I love every bit of it. You are a guy that's, um, I, I think it's safe to say, you can make friends with a lot of people. You can communicate with a lot of people, and you obviously have to do that um, with this job. But can you kind of explain to me um, what the levels are when, okay, pe- people talk about, oh, you're the NIL director, so you probably just deal with the student-athletes. No, you probably have to deal with lawyers you probably have to deal with your athletic director. You have to deal with every coach. You probably have to deal with you know all the businesses as well. Like what what are the what are kind of the tree branches that you know to say you have to deal with on a weekly basis? Um, yeah, I mean, there's a fair amount of uh, communication that goes on. I, I would say the first um, and most important one is compliance, um, and 
you know, making sure that we reach out to them with any questions that we may have just so we can avoid any issues at all costs. Because, you know, with there being so many questions, you may do something and you may not even know that it, that it's a problem or that it's against state or university rules. Um, so always asking compliance first and foremost, even if it may be the simplest thing in the world, um, just to prevent that issue. Um, the second one would be our collectives. Um, so with collectives, that's basically somebody that can negotiate on behalf of the student athlete. They're essentially an outside entity. Okay. Um, they all own local businesses in Bloomington Normal, and they essentially come together and put a pot of money together, basically, and they will pay student athletes for accomplishing tasks because it's always got to be, obviously, uh, quid pro quo. Like, you can't just give student athletes, you know, discounts or money like there has to be some sort of activity done or uh, meet and greet i mean the list is endless of things um on top of that you know the student athletes i have to communicate with directly because i think what i've heard most is that some of the student athletes just don't know like they don't necessarily understand how to get involved in nil they don't understand the lengths that they can go to for communicating with people um so like i said i think it comes back to communication with compliance our collectives student athletes and honestly anyone else that's really involved uh the list is kind of endless um but it it it, it is very challenging when you you know chose to to take this path in your career what would you say was the most exciting part that you were excited to, you know, not necessarily learn, but, you know, do on a day-to-day basis? I, I would say the most exciting aspect of it was just giving these student-athletes a platform to use that I never had access to. Um, obviously, playing Division three athletics, you know, you don't have as big of a name, image, and likeness that some of these Division one athletes do, um, but I, I think it goes back to what I said earlier was, you know, giving them these tools that they will be able to use when they get out into the real world. And that is, you know, how do you command a room when you walk into it? What's your, you know, kind of your elevator pitch when you walk into a business? Do you understand how to brand, promote, and market a certain product for a business? And, you know, kind of, there's a comparison in the NIL world that people use that, like, you know, the classroom and being a student athlete is kind of film study. And then name, image, and likeness is where you put it into play in terms of actually executing on what you've learned to do, whether you're a marketing major, um, business, or you know, even in the health field. You know, we had a uh, a student athlete here. She got a an internship through NIL, and then I believe she was also getting paid for um, completing some sort of action, and she used that money to pay for her med school applications that she ended up getting accepted to. So, I mean, it's, it's those type of instances that, you know, people people don't even think about when they hear name, image, and like this. You know, they just think of, you know, Spencer Rattler getting a G-Wagon or um, B. John Robinson getting a deal with Austin Lamborghini. Right. That's kind of what I want to get into next was, you know, you don't, you're not going to have a, a Marvin Harrison Jr. walk into your office uh, probably anytime soon in the next couple of years. But at the same time, what is it like for, you know, those kids who, like you said, maybe don't understand the possibilities but because, you know, people see name, image, likeness on, you know, ESPN and they're like, oh, it's obviously just for football players and it's just for, you know, quarterbacks or wide receivers. But um, what what do you tell the kids in terms of, you know, when you meet a wide range of student athletes about the possibilities and, and what what exciting 
things do you see at Illinois State that, that you can tell them about? tell the student athletes you know first and foremost don't limit yourself because you have to understand you know this is an, an era that people have yet to explore you know they're like i said it's just like my job there's no one set way to do that job well there's no one set way to do it as a student athlete and i think you know allowing them to be creative in their own way is what makes them unique in the name image and likeness space and that you know i'm very upfront with them you know what you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. You know, it's no different than working for a starting role or, you know, trying to earn a scholarship in that sense. But if you do put in the work, businesses will notice that once you graduate. People are going to, I mean, you're going to develop a network of connections. And and I think that's the biggest aspect of it's not what you know, it's who you know in this world, um, which is a big reason, you know, why I even have this position in the first place from networking during my time as a graduate assistant here. And, you know, just getting them to understand that it may be a little bit challenging at first when you get started, you know, to create your brand or figure out how you want to go about presenting yourself on social media, whatever it may be. But if you're willing to put in that time, some good is going to come out of this because it, it, I mean, it's just such a new concept. Like there's so much room for um, improvement and gain. Uh, Not asking you to... I mean, I know this isn't doctor-patient confidentiality, but can you give us some examples? Uh, maybe not necessarily, you know, name the athlete, but can you give us some examples of different sports and different businesses and kind of, you know, the ins and outs of those deals and how how you approach them and just kind of what they are? Because I don't feel like a lot of people really understand what the possibilities are. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I just had to give a presentation to our uh, recruits this past Saturday for our football game, our first home football game here at Illinois State. And I, I tried to include a, a vast amount of them so kids could understand that, you know, it's not just receiving, quote-unquote, free product, and it's not free in the first place. Um, but, you know, some of the different ones, you know, our, our quarterback, Zach Annick, said he, he's had a more significant amount of deals. Um, obviously, when you're the quarterback, it, I think all around the country, you know, that's just how it goes with that position. Um, you know, he's had a car deal with a dealership in El Paso and he gets a new car every month so I mean that's a huge one Um, we've had a track and field athlete do a significant deal with an insurance company which I thought was very interesting because you know not a lot of college students understand the world of insurance but it's nice to get that out there Um, another one was a softball athlete received um, product from supplement superstores um, for doing a social media campaign so you know it's not necessarily always in you know, monetary form, it can be, you know, receiving meals or like I said, product or um, gym memberships. I mean, the possibilities there are also endless. Um, And then we also had another football player partner with a local community center here. So a little bit of that uh, philanthropy side of things, which I know parents always love to hear about. Um, And then obviously um, the female student athlete that used some of her NIL money to apply to med school, um, I think seeing, hearing about those from my personal side of things when I first started here really opened up my eyes because, you know, it's one thing to learn about it in an educational setting, but then to actually hear, you know, what these student athletes are executing on and capitalizing, it, it's, it's very exciting to see um, the ones that do pursue NIL because obviously not everybody does in college athletics. You know, some students just want to, student athletes just want to go to school, play their sport, and uh let it be like that and that, and that's completely okay but to see the ones that really do put in the work 
um, and and come out on the other side a, a much more experienced person it is very uh, humbling to see. You mentioned that you know a lot of the the laws and rules on this are are kind of state by state, um, but I want to ask you know. For example, if you know a Texas oil company was to say, "Hey, we want every single Texas A&M football player to get a certain amount of money just when they make the team," is that something that's allowed with NIL? Like, is there a, like a pot that you can just throw at the school and say, "Here, pay each kid ten thousand dollars," and this is this is their NIL? I know. I, I, I I'm going to be honest. I don't have an exact answer to that question because I don't know every state's laws yeah. off the top of my head. I know that is the case in some states okay. um, where you know certain football players or I think it was offensive linemen for a certain um, football program that received some form of deal, like you just mentioned. Um, but I mean it. it for the most part, I would believe that to be true, that people can do that as long as they obviously go through the collective and there's some sort of you know quid pro quo there. I think yeah. that is the only major issue. Like You can't just have like boosters giving people money. Yeah. Well, legally anyway. <laughs> yeah, legally. And, and, and I mean, the unfortunate part is that it probably does happen. At the uh, right at, at this level that we're in right now, because I mean, it, it, when you're talking about to the SEC, like you know, you're every Saturday in, in college football or March Madness or track and field, you know, there's millions of dollars yeah. on the line every weekend, and you know, if you can get that best athlete, you know, like I said, it, it, it's very it's very tricky for us to work our way around some of these things. I don't have a lot of experience with it, but we did try to do you know a little one with Nick Broker when he was at Ole Miss. Um, just to have him on the podcast and you know I went through an insurance company here and then you know like you said you had to go through Ole Miss's compliance department and you know the paperwork and all that stuff but I want to ask about uh, athletes kind of setting their prices is that something that can you explain a little bit more about you know say you know the Illinois State quarterback he has a set price or he has you know a certain amount where he says if you want anything to do with me this is where we start and then we can talk or what can you kind of explain about you know setting your price based on you know your popularity or your followers or anything else yeah like i said it, it comes down to when you're setting your price it, it really does matter about the social media side of things because at a certain point it comes down to how many people you can reach um but you know various athletes here have set rates for you know a shout out video on their instagram or you know posting like an actual like physical post that stays on their profile um or you know their hourly wage for making an appearance at some sort of business um i believe that's for the most part left up to the athletes to decide because you know at the same time you you don't you want to know what you're worth, but you also have to kind of be realistic in that sense and making sure that you're setting a proper price for the most part. Um, but that's, that is completely up to the athletes. It's, and I believe the collectives are involved in that a fair amount because obviously the collectives have a number of contacts within the local community that they can get in touch with the student athletes. How much does the community of, of Bloomington Normal you know, really embrace this and, and get excited about the opportunities to, you know, promote the student-athletes and, and vice versa? Yeah, it, it, the, the local community here at Bloomington Normal is awesome. You know, a lot of people bleed red and white around here. Um, and I know we just finalized a beer for our collective that's going to be sold around 
the Bloomington Normal community that will make money for our collective program yeah. so that our student-athletes can have more opportunity. Um, I know Bologna Pizza Company has been a huge supporter of our student-athletes, and they've hosted um, numerous gatherings for our sports teams at their location, and then they've also done um, a couple commercials or ads, if you want to call them that, um, on Illinois State University's SEFCU Arena or our basketball gymnasium. Um, so, I mean, the, the list could go on and on there, but I think that is the most important aspect as well when it comes to the success of NIL is the local support. Because, And that's not to say that Illinois State isn't on a national level. I mean, we're one of the best schools in the Missouri Valley Conference um, all around in, in terms of all the sports. But having that local support just makes it even much better. What is the feeling from business owners? I mean... Having this happen right after COVID, when they dealt with so much, and you know, were a lot of them were destroyed or almost destroyed. What is the feeling from from businesses and business owners, you know, in terms of you know having that opportunity or being open to it when it is so new? And you know, a lot of businesses, if it's been in the family for eighty years, they're probably like, no, we're not wasting our money on this when we don't know what the benefits are or how we can really show that this is working. Um, do you see that as kind of a struggle or something that um, you kind of have to present to businesses or or the athletes do? That's not something I've necessarily run into just yet. Um, you know, I, I'm sure there are those business owners that have that saying, you know, well, it's always been done this way. And that's completely fine. You know, that's their business and they're entitled to that opinion. Um, but I think a lot more business owners are starting to realize the potential that this has if it is utilized correctly in terms of giving the student athletes requirements on what they want posted, when, how often. Because, I mean, if you think about, at least when I'm talking to local business owners, the college demographic age is very, very difficult to reach now. But if you can reach them, it almost becomes like a cult where everybody wants a part of, you know, whatever that student athlete is involved in. Because student athletes, you know, they're, they're not just commodities. They're looked at role models and partners of our local community because people trust them. They're authentic. And like I said, the, the demographic that they can reach over their peers that are in college with them is something that those businesses may not be able to reach. And I think go, at least if businesses, local businesses have an open mind to it and at least explore that option or that reality, um, I think would be extremely vital to the, to the success of their business. And I would almost say going forward, it would be a mistake not to get involved in terms of if you're looking at just the success all over the country of it. Now, I mean, you're going to have your instances where, you know, maybe things don't work out, but that's anything in business. How exciting is it to see the endless possibilities, the creativity that not only you can present, but, you know, businesses of, you know, like you said, this is this is so new that there's there's no, here's what we can't do. Like, what's it like to be, have the, such a possibilities at your fingertips? You know, it's something I've really never experienced, um, you know, all throughout my life. You know, obviously, you know, playing football, you know, there's a set way on how to play football. And, you know, there's a set way on, you know, how to succeed in school and these things. And, and being thrown into an atmosphere like I am now is um, super intriguing. And it, it's something that, you know, I wake up extremely motivated and driven every single morning to serve our student-athletes um, because, if you can 
create a name for yourself or create uh, a process to follow, um, it, like I said, it's just so new. The, the possibilities are endless. So it, it, it's very, very exciting. And I'm, like I said, I'm just very, very grateful to be in the position that I am. You talked about the the local businesses around the Bloomington Normal area really embracing it and you know seeing it as an opportunity to not only grow their business but the community and also Illinois State. So I want to ask, in terms of looking back here for you at Springfield and not only the number of people in this area but the passion for sports is evident with me having a full-time job covering high school sports. Um, how do you see or what would you say to – you know, somebody at UIS to say, you know, the possibilities are endless. It just needs to, you know, you need to grow it. Like, and I don't know if they have an NIL department. I'm sure they do. But at the same time, like, you know, this is just something that's just kicking off. And, and is it a possibility for, you know, a college like ISU to really expand and say, hey, we can we can make this a, a destination? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm never going to limit myself. And, you know, as you know, uh, I'm a very competitive person and, you know, I want to be the best at whatever I'm doing. And uh, it, it's very, very easy for me to sit here and say that I want to be the best, but it's another thing to actually execute on that. And, you know, our goal is, you know, not to be the gold standard in the Missouri Valley Conference. You know, our goal is to be the gold standard in Division One athletics. Um, that's the goal that I, I've set out and that I, I want to achieve. And, you know, getting there is going to be uh, a very challenging task. And it, But it's challenging for every other NIL department. You know, every other school is going through what we're going through, even though, you know, the SEC schools or Big Ten, even though they may have more access to money, um, I don't think that should determine the outcome of a, any given program. And like I said, just extremely competitive um, and, and ready to get our, our NIL program out there for our student-athletes. When you talk about college and NIL, obviously that's your position. Um, the IHSA laid out the rules for high school athletes where it's, it's possible, where student-athletes that compete in IHSA events can make money off NIL. There's obviously very strict rules and very, and you have to follow certain things that colleges don't. But I got to ask you here: How much would DeCarlos have paid you when you were the North Mac starting quarterback to, to to be in a commercial for them to say, "Hey, you know, this is this is as local as it gets." Yeah, I know that that's <laughs> something I've definitely thought about um, in terms of some of the deals that I've seen these high school athletes getting, you know, I, I definitely don't know if they would have paid me, but I would have taken a couple free pizzas out of it. But no, man, it, it's very, the high, when you get into the high school level of it, that is where it gets very, very tricky because it's one thing for, you know, businesses to trust, you know, in an 18, 19, 20 year old kid. But then when you're getting into like 16, 17 and 18 year old kids, you know, it, I think it can, there is a challenging aspect for businesses for that trust aspect, um, but it only takes one person to succeed at it to lay the the framework for everybody else. Um, so, it, high school high, high school would be very very interesting. But then again, I you know I think in terms of like what you do for our student athlete or uh, high school athletes rather, in, in terms of the exposure that Channel 1450 gives, you know the the two one seven and a little bit of the Bloomington normal communities, you know that's unlike anything else a lot of people have to offer. So you know when those businesses are seeing, you know whether it's a football star or track and field or basketball, whoever whatever sport it may be, if you know they're not capitalizing on that, 
again, I think that's foolish because, you know, Central Illinois, you know, if you think of the storied sports teams through there, I mean, you got the, the Leonard's come to mind for me in terms of the amount of players that have come through Rochester and SHG. It, I, again, I just think it would be very, very foolish for businesses to at least not attempt it. Right. Um, how dangerous do you think that is to allow, like you said, dealing with college kids is one thing, but high school kids, man, I, I mean, there's just so many things that you're learning and, and learning to understand, and I'm sure you're the same way. I, I look back now, if if you talk to me when I was 22 years old, I was so dumb compared to, and I mean, you just learn so much as you mature and you know go through life. So to say, hey, you know, the opportunity for a, a 16-year-old kid to get an NIL deal, I mean, I just feel like that's kind of dangerous. I understand it, but at the same time, man, it's dangerous. No, I agree, and you know that's something that you know obviously that business would really have to trust that that said individual. Um, but the, you know the beautiful thing about that is I'm sure a lot of ways that those NIL deals would even come about is through networking. Mm-hmm. You know that business would have to know their parents, or you know they have contacts with somebody that 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 athlete is involved in. Um, but I think if you can have a, a fairly grounded approach from it, I don't, I don't even honestly know the right words to yeah. describe that, but just a, a very set specific details where the business is very upfront with them and like, hey, we're going to kind of start and see how this goes. And based on your performance, like I said, it, it's no different than athletics. Like if you excel and you help our business then we can move forward and, and potentially, you know, offer you more product or, you know, even money to a certain extent. Um, but I think I think it would also be a great, you know, maturity aspect for some local athletes. Like, I definitely know it would have been great for me at that age. Um, but just to get, you know, that sense of real life and, you know, it, it's great if you have the opportunity to go play college sports. But not everybody gets the chance to. So I think that's one of the opportunities that I look at is them having those possibilities of, again, networking and, you know, maybe a profession coming out of it or it leading to them getting accepted into college. I mean, you really never know. The mental or the the money aspect is one thing, but I want to ask you a question about the mental aspect of it. Um, You were a high school athlete, a very good one. You were a college athlete, very good one. What you deal with mentally, you know, growing up and being an athlete and, you know, competing at that level is something else. Do you, as an NIL person, have to also approach the mental aspect for these athletes and say, hey, you know, this is putting an added pressure on you. This is putting added responsibility on you. Let's make sure that you have the right pieces to be able to handle that because, you know, that's one thing that I just talked about with a high school kid, let alone a college kid who's dealing with, you know, being away from your parents for the first time growing up, like having bills, having to pay insurance, stuff like that. Like how much do you have to deal with the mental aspect for for your kids as well? Yeah, like I said, it's very, very interesting to see these student athletes that you know they've already got study hours and they've got practice and film and then academic requirements and then you know on top of that they're trying to have a life in college as well because i'm sure some of them want to have a little bit of fun while they're while they're here i mean who who wouldn't as a college student um but i think just being very open with them from the mental health aspect side of it and, and listening to what they have to say um, and, you know, making sure our mental health staff on campus is aware of what we're doing. 
um, for NIL. You know, I know we have a tremendous support staff here when it comes to that aspect. Um, but then again, it, I think it just comes down to listening to the athlete and, and just making sure that you're there for them and understanding that, you know, this is this is a privilege. It's not something you have to do. It's not something you're being forced to do. Um, but if you're going to do it, understand that our staff is going to take in consider into consideration everything that's on your plate. Because, like you said, man, it's it's very very challenging now. And you know the digital age of social media and all the time requirements. You know, I, I can't imagine how taxing it is on these on these student athletes. Um, so, like I said, it, it, just making sure they have all the resources available to them is the most important one. I want to touch a little bit on you know the the, the golden days before we get out of here. Uh, talk about um, you know just the, the Sagamo Conference, you guys being champs. I I want to go back and just you know talk a little bit about that. What what do you remember from you know the the game where you guys go and, and beat Williamsville that first time? And just what are the, what are those memories like for you now looking back at that? I'm um, definitely gonna hear about that one. You know, the the king is dead and everything that that comes with that. It, you know, the only thing I think about um, are, are my teammates first and foremost. You know, they're they're the only reason that I was somewhat decent as a quarterback. Because um, you know, if you look at the year before when we were three and six, you know, I'll be real honest, man, I sucked. Uh, just straight up, you know, I, I can look at myself in the mirror and know that. But you know, having those guys there, the the entire step of the way and and most importantly you know i think it's something that's in my opinion been lost a little bit because you know we were we were a team that was counted out that was doubted by everyone as we should have been as a three and sixteen but you know seeing seeing a group of you know 18 17 16 year old kids come together for one common purpose and that was winning you know we didn't we didn't have to worry about nil deals we didn't we didn't talk about uh, where we were going to college at or, or personal awards. We just talked about winning games, man, and, and playing for a state title. Obviously, you know, my grade did not even get close to that. Asa, Grant, and Griffin's grade got a little bit closer. Um, but it, it, the the first thing that comes to mind is just the memories with my teammates. And, you know, it's I saw a fair amount of them at the, the game this past Friday at North Mac, and, you know, we were – kind of chatting it up and you know reliving the the glory days um but especially to see what the north Mac program has become now you know the the beautiful facilities they have the nice jerseys you know the turf everything that comes with that you know it's it's something that that we could have only dreamed for and i think leaving that program better than we found it was the best accomplishment that i think any of us could could have could have had as you look back at it now, and you talked about you know the relationships that you have with those guys that you know you will never lose, and and that will always be something that not only do you talk about but you have that really made you who you are. Uh, but what I remember is just you know the the community and the sense of the sense of such pride that everyone in that area it was all about the Panthers, and that's it. Like you could tell that they all just came together for that reason. What do you think that that does for a community like Verdon and Gerard where, I mean, let's be honest, that's that's something that they will have forever that, you know, might not happen again and is something that they can really, they really just, you know, embraced. 
Yeah, man, you know, I'm getting chills even thinking about it. It's because that's how special it was. And, you know, people, people, I think, sometimes often will laugh at that statement and, and say, you know, oh, well, it's just high school football. Yeah. And, and, I, and I do understand that to a certain degree. But, you know, if you weren't there, like if you weren't in the middle of all that, it, it, it's, it's extremely hard to relate. And, you know, those were some of, like, the second you came into the town, man, it was electric. Like all the signs, you know, anywhere we went, regardless if it was Chester or Auburn or, you know, a home game, you know, the entire community was there. And, you know, just giving, creating an image that people wanted to be a part of and take pride in, you know, as an 18-year-old kid, I mean, what more could you ask for um, when you get to play the sport you love with, you know, the dudes that you grew up with that you love the most? Um, and I, I think for... For small towns, you know, specifically around the 217, you know, it, whether it's football or any other sport, it just doesn't have to be limited to that. But obviously football is a little bit more popular. Um, you know, I think it, it those type of moments are something that, you know, you can never take away from people. And, you know, that was, you know, I'm, I'm probably a little bit biased, but, you know, between those 15 and 16 years, like, you know, we, we did something that was extremely special that wasn't necessarily seen before and and again with respect hasn't been seen since in terms of you know that that passion and that fire behind the community you know it, it's great to see what the program has become um but i'll, I'll always have bias towards those two teams a little bit i don't want to get too deep into it but i want to ask this question um in terms of you know where we're at as a country and a state how much does the entire world need a more of a locker room mentality. What do you get from a locker room where, I mean, I'm sure you saw this at Monmouth, where kids from all walks of life, all colors, all creeds, whatever, all would come together for one purpose, and then guess what? You walked away best friends because of it. I mean, I don't think that that's something that, like you said, it's just high school football. It's just sports. I think that people would be good to, to really live that a little bit more right now. Yeah, man. I mean, you really hit the nail on the head with that. There is, um, you know, to, to have that locker room aspect, you know, I'll, I'll be real honest. It, that might be one of the only reasons I'm sitting in this chair today with the, the position that I have. And in terms of, you know, my teammates and being in that locker room, you know, they made me who I am, um, you know, along with my family and, and everybody else that's been a part of my life. You know, I, I spent more time with those dudes than I did almost anybody else. And so I think when it comes to, you know, being in the locker room with a group of guys, it's simply just learning to, you know, be selfless and understand that, you know, it's not about you. It's not about your feelings and all that stuff is valid. You know, it's about the task at hand. And you can't, I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to row a boat if you've got people only rowing on one side. And Or arguing with each other in that same boat. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, you're not always going to agree with people. You're not always going to like people, but you need to respect one another and you need to learn how to get along with people. Um, You know, I probably need to do a little bit better job of that myself at times um, because I can be a very opinionative or outspoken at times. I'm sure many people that know me know that. Um, But I I think it just comes back to, you know, being selfless and, and being a servant leader. And understanding that, you know, you need to show up every single day for those people around you. Because, like I said, it's not about you. It's about everybody that you're, you know, building a genuine relationship with. Um, 
because that's what life's about. Like, I I don't... Yes, personal awards are awesome, and scoring touchdowns is great, but, you know, I just remember the conversations and and the relationships that I've built with, you know, guys from North Mac or Monmouth, and, like I said, it's something that we truly need more of. Awesome, man. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for, you know, trying to educate a dummy like me about NIL and all that good stuff, because... Uh, I, I can't imagine how hard it is and how complicated it is, but at the same time, it seems like you're having a lot of fun, so I, I, I wish you the best of luck. Thank you, man. Yeah, it's the best job in the world, and it, it, I, I never could have dreamed I've been this lucky. Thank you for having me on, though. I really appreciate it. Thanks to Brendan White for his time and excellent conversation. I had a ton of fun with that one. All right, don't forget to hop on the Illinois Times and vote for the Download with DP podcast for the best of podcasts. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Please share if you enjoy. I'll see you next week.